Welcome in to Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're recapping what the Phillies did and didn't do at the trade deadline in an underwhelming, I guess, deadline for Dave Dombrowski and the Philadelphia Phillies. But what message does that send? And they do help the rotation. They help the infield depth a little bit. We'll break everything down with what the Phillies did today on deadline day on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking out Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, you can hear me on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio as well. Watch me on NBC Sports Philadelphia every once in a while. Uh, two years credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member and two-year host of Locked On Phillies. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. Would really appreciate that. Locked On Phillies on YouTube. Thank you so much to everyone who already has. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So check out our friends at Game Time. I'll tell you more about them later. But it's deadline day, or I guess it was deadline day. I'm recording this about six forty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Phillies are right about to start their game with the Miami Marlins tonight. And uh, while that game's going on, I had to hop on to record here because I don't want to waste any time getting in on the news of the day, what the Phillies did and what the Phillies did not do. I'm going to start with an overarching review of the trade deadline in general. Then we're going to dive deeper into the two moves that the Philadelphia Phillies made. I'll talk to you about those individual players. But honestly, when I look at this deadline, it's hard to not call it underwhelming. It really is difficult to not call it underwhelming. We came in to deadline day. I had been repeatedly telling you for months, the Phillies need three things. They need to add to the starting rotation. They're going to go out and get a bullpen piece, and they need to bring in a right-handed bat that could play a corner outfield spot. That's what I was looking for for the Philadelphia Phillies. And, well, unfortunately, what the Philadelphia Phillies did, sorry, I think I got a little something in my mustache there, the leftover dinner. <laughs> what the Philadelphia Phillies did was they did not get a outfielder at all. They did not get a bullpen piece at all. And they added to the rotation, but they also got a depth infielder piece. So they traded for Michael Lorenzen. Uh, they traded a infield prospect from down in high A ball. I'll tell you more about that, the specifics of that trade and who they gave up and everything and why that's fine. But they trade for Michael Lorenzen from the Detroit Tigers, who is an all-star this year in the American League. He gives you some help in the starting rotation. Cool. They trade for Rodolfo Castro, who's most known for that video from the Pittsburgh Pirates of him uh, sliding into third base and his phone flying out of his pocket and getting in trouble with that. So, yeah, Rodolfo Castro, I mean, not the most well-known baseball player, not a splash move by any stretch of the imagination. And earlier today, the Phillies had sent Josh Harrison. They had DFA Josh Harrison. So, basically ending his time here with the Philadelphia Phillies. And you had a feeling that that was a move to create room for another move. Maybe that was just a move for Lorenzen and create space on the roster because it's kind of what it was. That kind of made you feel like, okay, well, they're going to go bring in an outfield bat and maybe move other guys around. I did not think that the Josh Harrison DFA was leading us to a spot where you would be acquiring 
basically another Edmundo Sosa in Rodolfo Castro. Uh, again, I'll dive deeper into these moves coming up, but I want to talk more about the overarching uh, moves of the day and what this means from Dave Dombrowski, right? First of all, it means he agreed that the starting pitching needed help. Michael Lorenza has been a bullpen pitcher in the past and a good one. So he's also a guy that has that versatility to move to the pen if they want to go five-man rotation in the playoffs and Aaron Nola figures it out and they trust Christopher Sanchez. He could be a good bullpen piece. So I guess they're kind of filling two needs with one guy uh, in that spot. They're going to go six-man rotation for a little bit now until they get everything all worked out and this long stretch of consecutive games is over. So a little bit extra rest for pitchers. That's a good thing for the starters and hopefully for the bullpen as well. But so I, I guess technically they did add bullpen help if Lorenzen ends up in the bullpen. And you're getting Alvarado back off the injured list soon. Bilotti, Andrew Bilotti is down in uh, AAA, and he's been throwing really, really well in the minors. He might come up at some point so you could replace like Dylan Covey and uh, Junior Marte with those guys and make everything look better at the major league level. So uh, maybe they didn't need as much bullpen help as it seems like I, I might have wanted them to add. But OK, that's fine. The biggest question is why no outfielder, why no left fielder, why no right-handed bat like that that could help you out that way? Rodolfo Castro, a switch hitter, by the way, but I don't see him as a guy who's like adding a bat to the lineup. He's hitting like 228 this year. Here's kind of what Dave Dabrowski tells you by doing that. First of all, there weren't like great options. Uh, the Red Sox won too much and they weren't straight out sellers. Uh, Bellinger was taken off the market because the Cubs kept winning. Uh, the Teoscar Hernandez deal with the Mariners never really got done. I I just I don't really think that there are a lot of options out there. And if you see me, if you're watching on YouTube and you see me checking my phone at all, uh, it's just because things uh, trickle in. OK, Jeff Passon just said he's done tweeting about the trade deadline. So I just wanted to make sure we weren't getting any last minute trades like we could still get notifications late because the league office received the paperwork late and it's just breaking. But, yeah, it looks like the Phillies are done with those two moves. I fully expected them to add someone in the outfield. I thought their biggest need was that starting pitcher, but I understand why people who thought their biggest need was in left field and another right-handed power bat, uh, why they would be upset about this trade deadline. But Dave Dombrowski is basically saying this. As far as the lineup's concerned, as far as the offensive production, as far as the outfield, one, he's saying in the outfield, we like what we have in-house as far as defensive ability. With Brandon Marsh, Johan Rojas's emergence, so Rojas, he's going to be up with the team the rest of the year. Uh, what Castellanos has been able to do in right field, what Kyle Schwarber can give you a little bit when he plays the field, which uh, I, think, I think that's insane. But I think it also says that they do firmly believe that Christian Pache is going to come back and be able to contribute and play for this team this year. He's currently on the injured list because he had to get some screw removed that was protruding from his elbow. I don't know what the time frame is for his return, but they think he's coming back before the end of the season. It seems like they're confident that that's going to be a thing or else I imagine they would have added. But the lineup could use help with right-handed bats, right? Well, what that says to me by them not doing it is Dave Dombrowski basically said, hey, we got to go have our big bats hit. Like our top-level guys, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Cassianos, Jake Germino, Bryce Harper, those guys have to produce. They have to. That's the option. Like, I think they're – Dave Dombrowski, he's saying two things, right? When he So this is Dave Dombrowski facing the fans, the first one, and then it's going to be him turning around and talking to the team. So facing the fans, he's saying, 
I think this roster is good enough to compete for and win a World Series right now when it comes to position players that we have available. And we kind of felt that way uh, going into the season, right? That they were a stacked roster and all this stuff. And even though they haven't played like it, Dave Dombrowski is telling the fan base, I like where we're at position player-wise. I like where we're at starting lineup-wise. Maybe not the order, but like the guys that are in it. And he feels confident in that. That's what he's telling the fans. And then he's going to turn around, and what he's telling the players is, Yo, I didn't add anybody. And I'm telling the fans you guys are good enough. So guess what? Go out there and be good enough. Like, I, I'm i putting the onus on you to go out there and play up to your contracts and to the backs of your baseball cards and how you should play as players of your caliber. You're not getting help in left field at the trade deadline. You're not getting Juan Soto, Shohei Otani, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, none of these top-level guys. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. I think you're good enough. Now go out there and don't make me look like an idiot by not adding anybody. That's what he's saying to the players as opposed to what he's saying to the fan base. So that seems to be the big message from the trade deadline. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, if he believes they're good enough, I'm inclined to trust him because of the work he did last year. He didn't think that team was good enough as is, and he added Brandon Marsh and uh, Noah Syndergaard and David Robertson. This year, clearly, he thinks they're closer. And we've said that since the start of the year with the Trey Turner acquisition, the Gregory Soto trade, Greg Kimbrell signing, all that good stuff. So, hey, let's see. Let's see if Dave Dombrowski ends up being right. I'm not saying it was a terrible trade deadline. I'm saying it could very well look like a terrible trade deadline down the stretch. If you go all in and you try and make big moves, people aren't going to be like, oh, well, that's on the president of baseball operations. Like, Dave Dombrowski is really trusting his players. And he's hoping they don't hang him out to dry. So we'll we'll go ahead and see how that plays out. But that, to me, is the message from today's trade deadline. Uh, the top-level guys have to perform. And that's what we've been hearing from Rob Thompson and Dave Dabrowski really all year. So time to put up or <laughs> make your president of baseball operations look not all that smart. And we'll see what the Phillies choose to do the rest of the way. Now, coming up, we're going to jump into the Michael Lorenzen trade. I'll talk you through that one. The big trade of the day for the Philadelphia Phillies and what he adds and uh, the prospect that he was moved for. We'll break down all of that. And then we're also going to get into the Rodolfo Castro trade to wrap up the episode. So plenty more still to come on the trade deadline on today's episode of Locked on Phillies. We'll be right back. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about my friends over at Game Time. Listen, the trade deadline is the perfect time to realize how important game time is. You get down to the last minute and all these people are scrambling and it's this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes you got to pay all this extra money and stuff like that. And it's very difficult. Guess what? The trade deadline is difficult. The deadline to get tickets for your favorite game or concert or event, not difficult at all with game time. It's absolutely the best app out there to get tickets, last minute tickets, tickets in general. But buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't feel like the trade deadline. It shouldn't feel stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got great deals on last-minute tickets. It's uh, best price guarantee they have. You can stop stressing over overpaying. Could you imagine if every trade deadline trade guaranteed you the best price? Like That would be awesome. GMs and president of baseball operations would be out of a job because it would be so easy. That's how easy Game Time makes it. You don't have to plan months in advance. You can get tickets up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get pictures of your, uh, your seat before you buy. 
so you know exactly what you're looking at. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just a couple of taps and you're all good. And tickets are sent directly to your phone. You don't have to wait for like a transfer or anything. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked on MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about the Michael Lorenzen move. Now, he has been pretty darn good for the Detroit Tigers, and I just want to go ahead and get down here to um, the Philadelphia Phillies return, or what they sent back, I should say, rather, for Michael Lorenzen. And uh, first of all, let's talk about what Lorenzen's doing in Detroit and why the Philadelphia Phillies wanted to acquire him and what he can bring. Lorenzen's a 31-year-old on an expiring contract. He's got a 3.58 ERA this year, a 5-7 and seven record. I don't really care about the 5-7 and seven record. It's Detroit. But he's got a two-war just this season, which he's got a 9.3 career war, and he's spent a good amount of time in the league. So that's good numbers by him. I like what Lorenzen brings. Uh, Mid-90s fastball, uh, good off-speed stuff. Slider, change-up, cutter is uh, what he throws. Nothing crazy, like, but good stuff. And he's a guy that will fit either in the rotation or in the bullpen. He's versatile, which I talked about, which is super big for the Philadelphia Phillies as far as his ability to move to the bullpen and kind of fill those two needs like I was talking about in the opening segment. So I do like that for Michael Lorenzen. Uh, and even though he's a veteran, he is a guy, though, that hasn't uh, pitched in the postseason all that much. He has like two appearances in the postseason ever. So it's kind of interesting on that front. But I still think he's talented and he's having a really good year. Uh, now, who the Phillies gave up for him was How You Lee, who's a 20-year-old second baseman prospect down in high A. Uh, what is it? Jersey Shore? Yeah. So Jersey Shore is the high A team for the Philadelphia Phillies. I lose track of the high A, low A, whatever. Bottom line, he's far away from the majors. He is the Phillies' number five, or I guess he was the Phillies' number five overall prospect, though. And here's why I think the Phillies were willing to part with how you leave. He's a solid hitter. He's got the prospects of being a really good hitter at the major league level. Not a lot of power, but like very toolsy hitter uh, from the second base spot. But I don't know if you guys know this, but there's this Trey Turner guy who plays shortstop and this other guy, Bryson Stott, who plays second base. And the hope is that both of those guys are going to be with the Phillies for a long time. Last trade uh, deadline, Logan Ohapi, great catching prospect. JT Ramuto's here. He didn't have a chance. He was blocked by a good player who the Phillies hope are going is going to have longevity here in Philadelphia. So you move. It's kind of the same thing with how you lead. Now, Logan Ohapi was much closer to the major leagues than Lee currently is at 20 years old. And maybe he develops into more of a prospect than he looks like right now. But bottom line is he was blocked at his position and middle infield in general. So I don't mind them moving a guy who's top five in their organization. So, yes, that, that's a fine trade. I think both sides won on this one. The Tigers get a nice prospect. The Phillies get a guy that can help them today to go ahead and compete. Now, let me tell you my one worry about Michael Lorenzen, right? He's already thrown 105 innings pitched this year. His career best in innings pitch is 113.1, and that was back in his rookie year in Cincinnati in 2015. So when he comes here and he's making starts for this team and then moving to the bullpen, he's going to blow that innings count out of the water. At 31, he's not past his prime at all. But like I worry about his ability, his body's ability to handle the workload. He's a guy in great shape. He's also a great hitter. He's hitting like a bunch of home runs, a bunch for a pitcher. I think he's got like seven career home runs or something back when pitchers used to hit. So he's an athlete. Like He works out and everything. He's in good shape. 
So hopefully he's fine, but that's my worry. Like when you see a guy that's already close to his total innings limit from the most innings he's thrown in a season in his career, and then you see him coming to a new team at the start of August to be a starter, that's a little bit troubling. So I wonder about how he can hold up with two plus months to go, including the postseason. Other than that, though, uh, he's just uh, he's a solid pitcher who didn't cost you all that much, who can fit into the rotation, who has good stuff that just seems to be a guy that works with this team. I love the Lorenzen move. I really do. I think it was a great signing uh, or great signing, great trade. I think it's going to be lost in the shuffle of what Dave Dombrowski didn't do. But I think when everything's all said and done, we're going to look at the Mike Lorenzen move as one that pushes the Phillies closer to the postseason and may help them in the postseason as well when they get there. So I feel good about it, and I feel good about what they gave up. I have no notes. Uh, perfect work by Dave Dombrowski on the Michael Lorenzo trade. That in a vacuum was great. So good work by Dave Dombrowski there. That's what the Phillies and Phillies fans were looking for, and I'm happy with that. The next trade we're going to talk about, though, this Rodolfo Castro trade is super interesting to me, and I'm already going back and forth with people on Twitter about it because, frankly, I don't get it. And I'll tell you why as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. All right, now let's talk about Rodolfo Castro. Rodolfo Castro was traded for by the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, he comes here uh, in exchange for Bailey Falter. How quickly Bailey Falter has fallen. He was such a huge part of the Phillies' postseason push last year. He was great down the stretch for them, and then he wasn't good in the postseason, and then he wasn't good in spring training, and he made the roster mainly because Andrew Painter had his UCL issue, and then he wasn't good as the fifth starter for the Phillies earlier this year. He gets sent down. He's not good in the minors. And then he ends up getting dished to Pittsburgh. The Phillies basically give up on the Bailey Falter experiment when it looked like they had a guy who would be a nice bullpen piece for them for a couple of years. So sad to see Bailey Falter go. I did like the potential he had, but clearly he didn't play up to that. So that's okay. I'm not mad at losing Bailey Falter at all. Like I'm not worried about, oh, what are the Phillies going to do without Bailey Falter? That's not the weird part of this move. To me, the weird part of this move is looking at Rodolfo Castro and thinking that he was worth making a move for to upgrade over Josh Harrison, who was sent down. Now, Josh Harrison has not been good this year. I'll read you Josh Harrison's stats uh, in a second to compare him to Rodolfo Castro. But here's what you're getting with Castro. 228 batting average, 228. That's not breaking the bank at any point in a bad way. Like he's 28 above the Mendoza line. When you look at a guy who plays, he's a versatile infielder. He's basically Josh Harrison, but younger, right? Uh, as far as he, he debuted at 21 years of age, he's 24 now. So he's been up and down with the Pirates a little bit. But 228 is not anything crazy for that. He's a solid defender. Uh, six home runs this year and 197 at-bats. 22 career home runs and 536 at-bats. So basically what that says is over the course of a season, like 500 at-bats is probably about what you're looking at for a season. 22 home runs over the course of that, 20-some, we'll call it. That's solid numbers. It shows a little bit of pop. If that translates to consistency, okay, cool. Like, that's nice. But where does he fit into the infield? I, I get – he fills Harrison's spot. I still like Edmundo Sosa better overall. But, okay, so you got another Edmundo Sosa. So I guess when Bohm and Stott and Turner need days off, now you have the guys to back them up. Like, I, I get how he fits onto the team, but – you had a clear need in left field. I don't understand why sending Josh Harrison down and bringing Rodolfo Castro in was a priority. But, you know, as I talk to myself more, I'm starting to talk myself through how it makes sense. He's under team control until 2029. So he's here for 
a while. If he ends up being a good depth piece, then you have Bohm for a while, as long as you resign him when his current contract's up. Stop for a while, he's going to need an extension, but you're going to want to keep him. Turner for a while. Uh, Edmundo Sosa for a while. Rodolfo Castro now for a while. you got to figure out what you're doing at first base, but Bryce Harper's under control for a while if he can stick at first base. You have your infield and infield depth locked up for years, so I guess that's that's a good thing as long as these guys perform. I just uh, – I don't look at – but – yeah, I see I'm waffling on this one because I don't think Rodolfo Castro is that good, but I don't think he has to be that good to be effective as a utility infielder. But you already have a utility infielder, but you need multiple utility infielders, ideally to add versatility, to add depth. It just like it makes sense. It just doesn't move the needle for me. And this needed to be a trade deadline. And we're getting back to the initial point where I started the episode. This needed to be a trade deadline where you move the needle, where Dave Dombrowski goes out. And he trades for people that make the Philadelphia Phillies a better baseball team. I don't think that today Rodolfo Castro makes the Philadelphia Phillies a better baseball team. I do think Michael Lorenzen does. But I'm counting that as one move that really helps the team this year. Uh, I I don't – like significantly helps the team this year because Castro is going to play and uh, maybe he'll do stuff. But I just – it was underwhelming to me because I thought they were going to add three players. I thought they were going to add a left fielder. I thought they are going to help the bullpen more and just, I don't know, maybe my expectations were too high. But we'll go back to the initial message uh, by Dave Dombrowski that I talked about. He's basically telling the lineup and the stars that he's already paid big contracts to, yo, it's on you. Go earn your money. Don't make me look dumb. You're getting paid a lot to go out there and produce. You haven't really this year. And we've still got a good look at this thing, even though you haven't produced. So imagine how good we'd be if you did. Go out there and Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, uh, JT Romito, Bryce Harper, all these guys that are at the top of the lineup day in and day out. Go get the job done because you're not getting much more help at the trade deadline. I believe in you. Don't make me regret uh, believing in you. That's what I would say about the trade deadline. That's my breakdown of the moves. We'll have more in the coming days as more stuff comes out and we'll see these guys play and how they fit into the team. But yeah, those are just my thoughts on what the Philadelphia Phillies did today. So I appreciate you checking everything out here on Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much. Uh, Real quick, because it was a trade deadline episode, I kind of forgot to do this. I apologize to our friends over at Sirius. Uh, But you can go ahead and check out the Phillies Marlins on the Sirius XM radio. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you'll be able to pull up the games between the Phillies and the Marlins and listen to the hometown radio broadcast of all Phillies games to go ahead and check out our friends at Sirius. Uh, yeah, that's all for today's episode. I got to hop off, watch the game. I got another stream later and everything. So work still to be done for me, but the Philadelphia Phillies work and Dave Dombrowski's work at the trade deadline is over. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it works out. I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.